everybody, and welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have Kelsey Shalou in the studio as always. How are you doing, Kelsey? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Awesome, awesome. I'm good. Uh, just coming off of a uh, fairly successful St. Patrick's Day weekend. Um, I mean, I use the term successful uh, <laughs> subjectively. Yeah. Um, but um, what about you? Were you? Did you have a... Yeah, I'm just gonna. It's pretty low key. Hanging out. It's spring break for those of us who are still lucky enough oh to have God, a spring break. Spring break, y'all out there? Y'all remember spring break? So Man. I was just, you know, getting back into the the house things of right, right. getting back into the week. So it exactly, was, I can't complain. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, not gonna waste any time. So on today's episode, we are going to talk about the idea of quality over quantity. Now, Kelsey, this was kind of a. Uh, you kind of took the ball and ran with this with this uh, topic. <laughs> so if if you want, kind of just like break down exactly what you're what, what yeah. you want to kind of uncover okay. with this with today's episode. So I'm curious as to why I feel like a lot of people say and speak and hold this truth that as an agency and as an advertiser, I am going to produce quality content mm-hmm. over the amount of content. So, right. so many people hold on to that belief, but I don't really feel like that's what people are actually practicing. Okay. So they aren't like practicing what they preach. Um, and I'm curious as to, is it easier to produce quality over quantity when you're working at a small agency or at an in-house mm-hmm. versus in a big agency or even maybe just like a mid-side agency when you have a more direct line of communication with the client right um you know and i guess at what point does what you wrote in the initial contract still hold true when you are judging the successfulness of what you initially like sold to the client to bring them on but you know in five months or even four months you're like ooh, that's actually not what should be happening or right. that's not the best thing that we could be doing. We could be like doing less of this, right. but be focusing more on something else. Okay. So how do you go on switch up the game once you've already got the signature? Um, yeah. And so this was inspired by an article that granite was written to very affluent consumers and sure. very wealthy markets. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that at any point on the spectrum, do you just like serve shitty content to like someone who may not be as wealthy that's not it's not i don't think that's what anyone's doing but the article that this was inspired um from was towards more affluent consumers and it was just about don't serve them a lot of junk just give them the really good stuff um so Okay, so well, there's a, a couple things to unpack there. Yeah. So I'm going to try to see if we can kind of we can, talk yeah, through. Yeah, we'll, we'll break it down. Um, well, I, I'm most interested in the idea of like it when you talked about affluent consumers, mm-hmm. it almost, and this is a pet peeve that I've always had, and, and I'll, I'll kind of transition into it in a second, but the idea of affluent consumers versus the rest of us right. kind of thing, as, uh, as almost as if there's some sort of, uh, a, almost a different playbook that we have mm. to go by in order to, I guess, interact with affluent consumers, kind of like touch their pain points because, you know, rich people problems are completely different from broke people problems. Right. or middle middle class people problems Mm -hmm. um so i i get that that's kind of just been like 
the thing. Mm. But I think that even that approach alone has kind of put has put certain agencies at a disadvantage. Yeah, I think it does put you in trouble at some point. I right. think at some point you do need to make like if you are Tesla or you are Toyota, like mm-hmm. you're talking to different people. So like the way in which you might like right. your tactics are going to be different, but you can't have such a harsh <laughs> like line of, you know, boxing. Yeah, exactly. Kind of just get screwed. And it kind of it, it, like it, it kind of separates the. It's almost like putting the 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 better versus the the okay yeah. groups of people. Yeah. Um. Even though a lot of the things that I'm, I consider myself middle class mm-hmm. to an extent, you know, my my pain points aren't that dissimilar from someone who might be making hundreds of thousands of dollars more sure. than me. Um. And so I think it. it it kind of behooves us as advertising professionals to kind of look at each consumer, you know, at a base, kind of like a base persona mm-hmm. and then build from there. Mm-hmm. Because there are certain foundation, like foundative yeah. things that that all of us as consumers are going to gravitate towards. Sure. Um, and I think and that kind of leads into the, the pet peeve that I mentioned <laughs> about how I, I noticed that a, a great deal of advertisers, whether you've been in the business for a couple of years or a couple of decades, um, some some advertisers tend to f- almost feel like they've transcended the idea of consumerism. Mm. <laughs> um, if you've ever like experience, right, if you've ever like caught yourself like watching an ad from like an advertiser <laughs> standpoint, yeah. imagine that mentality day in and day out, mm. like having that mentality with everything that, that you appro- that uh, that you approach. Yeah, um, and I think that puts advertisers at a disadvantage is like you you've you've worked you've kind of seen how the sausage is made Mm -hmm. so to speak and so now you you've kind of flipped the way that you approach consumerism or you just don't approach consumerism at all right well i think even with that being said more people do want to buy into like people want to buy less of an object and more of a feeling. Sure. So yeah, absolutely, there is some aspect of consumerism. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like disappearing because that's silly. Right. But the basic concept, I think, people are trying to be sold more than um, just the thing, which we've talked about a lot. So we don't yeah, have to yeah, go into yeah. that because that's kind of just like been there, done that. We know yeah. that. But I guess my first like real question in the conversation is. In an agency like Evoke or, you know, kind of a mid-sized agency and Mm -hmm. everything moves so fast and you have timelines and you have contracts and Mm -hmm. you have, you know, in social you have set scheduling of how many times you have to post on this channel per week. Right. Um, How do we on the inside leverage quality over quantity if we are tied to hitting these specific things that especially like, you know, our our area of the agency is primarily social. So being in social, like, I don't know, sometimes I find myself in not a pickle because it's not, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but like, um, wanting to do something that the contract doesn't say, if that makes sense. So like, do you just do it because you are the professional and Mm. you have the recommendation? Um, because by the time you send out an email, write a, you know, small proposal and get it to the clients, like, okay, the moment's over. It doesn't even matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's kind of my, my question. My, um, my solutions I'll probably save till the end (laughs) because I'd rather just talk about this first. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the the traditional agency structure kind of 
puts uh, departments like social media Mm -hmm. at a particular disadvantage Mm -hmm. just because social media is predicated on that idea of timeliness and and being on it Mm -hmm. you know we talk about the people talk about ad nauseum about the the oreo ad the super Mm -hmm. bowl you know how that was just like and how that kind of just become the benchmark for for how social media um operates and yeah to an extent you know there's still a matter of you know a sense of scheduling and a sense of like being able to plan ahead um but there's still those one-off moments that tend to happen more often in the digital space than they do in 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 native advertising yeah Yeah. for sure um so i think i think you kind of have to embrace the pivot and i've said this before in on past episodes like being able to become more agile Mm -hmm. um i kind of liken it to the way that a lot of uh that that some uh, s- computer software developers, mm-hmm. development companies kind of mm-hmm. operate with their sprints, the way they sprint and, and, and develop new software. It's, you know, it's kind of just like being able to develop fast and maybe fail fail hard, but mm-hmm. be, be able to fail fast at the same time and kind of be able to correct things. Mm-hmm. And not only, not only correct things for the future, but still be mindful of the things that you messed up in in the past. Yeah. So you so don't. Not to do and, it again. Yeah. And that's the difference. Like mm-hmm. being able to be cognizant of what you, you failed to do in the past and make sure that that doesn't happen in the future based on what you've, what you've learned. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, I think it's the idea of traditional agencies needing to be a little more receptive to the idea of the, of the pivot and, and knowing that and and moreover just kind of conveying to clients that you know although we have this set thing and there are a lot of little stipulations that kind of keep things from being a little more fluid mm-hmm. but um get that's when you're supposed to be creative about things that's right. when you get creative and and come up with a contract or or, or at the very least a, a legally binding and, agreement yeah. that says yes we have x y and z objectives that we need to meet because that's just part of the game but also have a contingency in place that allows you to be, be a little flexible. more organic yeah you know i think that's the key i think being right. able to i just had the perfect word um um keep space for hit your goals that's the first thing but like Mm -hmm. how you might do that in one month versus in four months down the road like socials ecosystem changes so quickly so how you're going to achieve that goal in what is it march and versus how you're going to achieve it in september changes so i mean having like a clear communication with like yeah it might look a little bit different but like trusting on the inside that like we understand what we're doing i guess is how i feel about that and i i guess i don't want people to i don't want people to think that that's just something that happens in social um, yeah, no, it, it happens. happens anything everywhere. there's any kind of digital anything. Yeah, radio, TV, uh, out Even, of home. Yeah, SEO. Like, I something something weird trending could be like tagging your keyword right. for the wrong thing. So right. you definitely have to be adaptive. I think in general, but exactly, I get to talk about social because that's my <laughs> that's my point of view. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very social heavy <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, so we were kind of talking about how people. Uh, don't want to just be sold something they want to be offered um, they want to be offered something a little bit more beyond the product and I think that that directly comes from having so many outlets if you were just seeing billboards or you're just seeing like tv spots you're just trying to get the information about what that product is Hmm. but now because it's so integrated into serving people very specific content based on their lifestyle and based on how much money they do make or don't make Mm -hmm. um, it everything in advertising and marketing has become hyper personalized. Um, So I try to think of, 
uh, companies that have branches of their original brand that right. turn people from consumers into ambassadors, mm-hmm. brand ambassadors. And even just like Provoke being a branch of Evoke, you know, it's not, they're not directly correlated, but it helps our end. Um, I talked about Away all the time on the podcast, but you know, they're making money off of the number of suitcases that they sell, but they right, have right, a right. whole line of travel guides and city mm-hmm. guides and all of these different branches of Away and that makes them who they are um and before i even mentioned tesla and tesla has like a whole landing page for owners of tesla who are clearly have enough money to buy a tesla Mm -hmm. it's a pretty techie um luxury item so they have this whole landing page just to tell stories of like what they're doing in their tesla where they're going in their tesla what kind of like you know it's environmentally savvy as well and all these different things that kind of like extend beyond the product that you're being sold so um like is that something that works for every single company is it something that just works for like the two companies that i just mentioned are higher end uh companies slash clientele so you know, where does that kind of drop off the cliff? Um, should everyone have branches of their brand that they're trying to sell beyond just a story, like actual marketable product? Um, yeah, and I think that that turns the content into more about the person and right. more about what they're going to get from the end goal. Right, so I, I mean, you're, you're definitely touching on the idea of just like hyper curated content, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I, I think it really it, it goes it boils down to the idea that no matter what happens in the course of, of human history, mm. we're always going to want to feel like we belong. Right. Um, belong to a group, an organization, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, when you talked about Tesla and how they have uh, landing pages specifically for people who, who own Teslas, mm-hmm. like that's that goes back to community forums. Yeah. Like that. The, the, like that's what that's, are those again? <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Community forums way back in the day when the internet was still a fledgling uh, place. Uh, yeah, community forums. And that's yeah. basically just that idea. A hyped of, up version. Right. Just wanting to be able to uh, be in a group of like-minded individuals who are super stoked about a product or a service mm-hmm. and want to be able to talk you know, at length with other people who are just as stoked, yeah. if not more. Yeah. Um, so I think that's I think that's where things are moving um it's very it's very cyclical um i think it's moving i think it's moving away from the idea of like that hyper hyper curated content like having a gatekeeper or Mm. a a brand be the one responsible for creating that content and then kind of putting that now it's putting that power back into the consumer's Mm. hands because at the end of the day they're going to want to consumers are going to want to you know create an environment that they're most comfortable with so it's going to be less uh content creators responsibilities or, or organization or company or brands responsibility to create those environments and just more so giving customers the, the tools they need to create their own. That's interesting. Um, even with like Away's travel guides, the, I don't even know if they're producing them mm-hmm. in their house. It's like local artists from local right. cities exactly. that are producing them that maybe get their name on it and exactly. get sold in their store. So it is putting it back into the consumer's hand. Right. Um, Airbnb does the same thing with their like their curated like travel weekends where you can do X, Y, and Z yeah, events with like just, a uh, almost like a fixer who's knows the area like the back of their hand all the way down to like a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but again, it's putting it that power back into the people who actually, and we've talked about this, like yeah. that's where it is. The power is with the people. 
people. Yeah. yeah. So as uh, on the back end, you're just cr- kind of creating the space. It's right. kind of like hosting a dinner party. It's just the framework. And you're exactly. just like ho- getting it ready, but like it's not going to be successful unless people come and mingle and like, yeah, do their exactly. thing. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, guess my only piece that I'm still not satisfied with like where what <laughs> well, we have answered or not answered um say you have a client right and this client you have outlined like all these specifics but mm-hmm. those specifics are not what is going to be the most successful for that client but they're paying you money to do that thing that you signed the contract and wrote out for them mm. what do you do oh man well, and and for the reference of this, like, say what you're doing is cluttering up, like the the content you're producing is clutter. It's not effective. Right, right. What do you do, even though the client is happy because they're giving you money and they sign the contract that we outlined, we're going to do that, but it's not successful. And you could take that time and energy and effort mm-hmm. and route it to someone or to something different, uh, like whether it's a different platform or different strategy, what have you. Right. Well, I think first and foremost, I would never want to confuse a client's complacency with happiness Mm -hmm. because those are two completely different things. I mean, I think at the end of the day, whenever a client uh, or a a business, large or small, comes to an agency, they're seeking your professional opinion, your Mm -hmm. expertise. You we eat, sleep and breathe this stuff. And Mm -hmm. most clients don't. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they consult agencies. Um, so I think it, it it really just the onus almost entirely falls on the agency to make sure that whatever kind of client expectations you put forth, you need to put those for, put th- those forth in the beginning. Mm. Like so if it's a situation where you've outlined a whether it's a content strategy plan, a creative brief, a year long, multi year long campaign strategy, and you, you, you go back through it after all the documents have been signed and you see that. This is not working. A is not connecting to B. That's not connecting over here. This isn't working. That's the responsibility that falls back on the agency and Mm -hmm. the agency alone. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think as the agency, you don't see that when the contract's being signed because none Mm. of it's been happening. Like it looks good on paper, but it's not actually happening in in the real life. Okay. Um, So I guess it's a conversation that will probably continue on for right. as long as forever um, right because yeah there are certain things that you just can't anticipate right no matter how much you research it mm-hmm. um, but i can imagine that working at an in-house like you i don't even know if like if you're your own company if you have a contract of what the csp is going to look like and how many right. times you're going to post etc mm-hmm. um but i can imagine that at like a boutique agency or a smaller agency that line of communication is um not stronger because mm-hmm. I think even at like at our agency, our line of communication is is very strong with our clients, but it's more direct. I mean, there's maybe less right. people it has to go right. through, so it's, and it's, it's less m- of a telephone game. Yes. You're saying. Okay. Yes. So I'm just curious how that, um, how you make that. Uh, I wouldn't even call it like a problem. I would just call it um, an inefficiency. How do you make that inefficiency more right. and, more and, and efficient? An occupational hazard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, it, 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 it sounds cliche, but it's just going back to the idea of like trusting the process, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that you gotta, you kind of, ha- not only do you have to work hard to get the buy-in from the client, but I think you have to work even harder to make sure you're getting the cl- the buy-in from the people that you work alongside. Yeah. 
Um, Because if it's a situation where you you're not you you know, this person doesn't trust this person or that person's not really too keen on what this person does or what that department does, there's going to be an inevitable breakdown in in the communication, (laughs) you know, and and that's that's something that a lot of agencies have to deal with, because especially as you grow, you're just yeah, as everything else moves faster and faster and faster. It's easy to I feel like it. It, 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 it's easy to feel left behind almost, yeah. you know, because you're just you want the, the, the thing that you thought was was one way a year ago completely changed like three, three minutes ago, yep. you know, and that can that can be a culture shock for mm-hmm. a lot of people, regardless of how long you've been in the industry. Yeah. And some of those changes are like beyond me or you or the person sitting next right. to me like some of those changes are like the programmers at facebook right, or like right. you know people that are optimizing platforms for certain al- algorithms etc so exactly it's, it's sometimes so far beyond what you can actually control in the um back end but mm-hmm. the conversation to bring everything back full circle um goes towards refine what you're putting out there so that like put it through i think a couple filters Mm -hmm. um so as to not clutter overwhelm it's kind of like when you follow like a new celebrity on instagram you're like oh i didn't even know this person was on it's gonna be great and then you've been on there for like one day and they've literally posted 50 pictures back to back like, to back. oh my god you're and so like, terrible I'm so why did i follow unfollow you? <laughs> immediate unfollow so like don't be don't be that person uh if you find yourself in that person take it back to the drawing board or you know have the most open line of communication that you okay. can with your account to your client to um yeah, to keep keep your content curated and not cluttered. Right. So I guess so. We'll, we'll, so then we'll we'll go back to that because I feel like we didn't really touch on the idea of of clutter and mm-hmm. what that means in the digital space. So we'll do a little little phrase association. Sure. Like when I say you know clutter, clutter, like what what immediately comes to mind within the confines of of, of, of social digital <laughs> marketing <laughs> space. Um repetitive content okay. or content that's not purposeful like okay. do, do you need to be explaining what your product does or should that already be understood hmm. um should you be focused on talking to different people that are still within your target dma or are you always talking to the same person over and over again mm-hmm. are you organizing are you optimizing and setting up your ads to show to the same person three times a day because i don't i don't want to see it three times a day right um so I think clutter on digital equals repetitiveness or just like not necessary, just like not necessary, mm-hmm. um, which is vague. But I want to say even even that's kind of subjective no? Uh I guess. Yeah, I, I think being not necessary would be a personal opinion. Is right. it necessary to that person? But repetitiveness is mm-hmm. that's a, yeah, is it? the same thing over and over again yes or no so I, i'll keep my answer at repetitiveness <laughs> <laughs> i feel strongly about this right topic. no no and that's no that's great and i think so there are very few of us who i i feel like there are very few of us in the world who you know we're told something once at length or in, in great detail and then we don't need to be told that again like mm-hmm. that's very rare that mm-hmm. that's how we operate and so I think that's where a bit of that repetitiveness comes into play. Like you might get the same t- t- type t- of information, but it might just be reorganized a different. little bit differently. That's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But if it's the same 
I don't know. Like, I'd rather, as a consumer, like, tell me a story. Don't just, like, okay. give me. Okay. Don't just give me, like, the boilerplate. Tell me something a little bit more. Um, yeah, and that's that's fair, and that's that's a, that is a that is a very large group of people who are active consumers that mm-hmm. that, that that participate in uh, what would it would be inconspicuous consumption? No, it would be conspicuous consumption. Um, so they're very cognizant of the things that they're buying and who they're buying it from, the history of those mm-hmm. those products and their their brands and the story mm-hmm. behind those brands. And um, I think it's a little. I don't think it's harder to convince that group of people that what you're offering is legit and is is, is worth their time and sp- and more importantly their money. Mm. Um, I think, like you're saying, you kind of have to dive a little deeper into it. Like, give me an extra, like peel back the layers a little bit and kind of give <laughs> me more of a reason as to why I need to invest. Like, for, like or even just follow. Right. Why should I follow you? Right. You know, it's just the it, buy might come later, but like in that immediate interaction, like why should I yeah I well i mean i mean at the end of the day there's no particular reason why anyone needs to follow anyone on any platform for any particular reason but you know it's fun i mean yeah, there's, there's there's you you, you there's invest the there's there's more that you, there's more that you invest in than than just money mm-hmm. when it comes to a brand so i mean and and we get that yeah. right we get that and, and and i guess to try to get that buy and going back to getting that buy-in from the client and and kind of tempering those expectations you got to be able to say at the beginning like hey our landscape is very very malleable like mm. it changes and I, I can't stress this enough it changes from quarter to quarter season to season month to month sometimes mm-hmm. and so i like we we need you to be able to trust us and mm-hmm. and trust that even though we may know a little more about this process than you might as a client, there are still things that are going to catch us off guard. Mm-hmm. But know that we have the wherewithal to be able to yeah. make those pivots when we need to make yeah, them. Yeah, in the best interest of the agency and the client. Exactly. And I think that's what it really boils down to. And I think that w- keeping that in mind kind of keeps you from being from falling into that trap of just cluttering sure. cluttering up timelines and feeds with the same boilerplate thing over and over because the boilerplate is easy, mm-hmm. right? The boilerplate doesn't require a lot of effort. The mm-hmm. boilerplate you know can get approved by a client yeah. in a day's time. Right. So we tend to take the path of least resistance when it comes to stuff like that. Um, but it's shortcuts aren't going to get you the success that you, you need, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to working on behalf of your clients. So that's that's how I that's how I feel about, you know, quantity versus quality. So, I mean, but, you know, that's 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 always how, you know, we 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 try to approach things, whether it's in advertising or other aspects of our lives. You know, it's just, yeah, people just deserve people too. deserve the best yeah. that you can potentially give them and give yourself the best that you can give yourself. Right, right. Right. So before before this turns into an Oprah episode, <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, thanks, guys, for taking some time to, to listen to us uh, wax poetic on the the, the, the highs and lows of, of quality, quality control. Versus, yeah, exactly. <laughs> quality control. Um, so as always, um, if you have any questions, comments or concerns, be sure to send them to our email address at provoke. That's P-R-O-V-O-K 
at evokead.com and follow us on all of our social media channels uh, so you can kind of keep up with uh, our contributions to the advertising world. Um, and as far as today's quotes concerns from uh, William A. Foster, and oh man, this is actually a fantastic quote. I'm so glad you used this one. Um, Quality is never an accident. It is always the result of high intention, sincere effort, intelligent direction, and skillful execution. With that said, y'all take care. Mm-hmm.